welcome to the Hot Mess Mama Club Chit Chat. I'm your host, LA, and together we journey through the mayhem and momentous messes of motherhood. Hey, Mama. Welcome back to another episode of the Chit Chat. I'm so glad you're here today. Um, This episode is going to be so random as far as my train of thought because I'm doing this episode 100% unscripted. I usually have either a script, um, basically where I've like typed out what I want to say on the episode or I've typed out talking points. And for this episode, I have none of that. I am literally sitting in front of my computer recording this with no notes, no pen, no paper, no nothing. So I pre-apologize for the randomness of this episode in regards to following my train of thought. Um, The next thing I need to go ahead and apologize for is that um, you may hear my dogs or my phone in the background. As you heard in the bloopers episode, I literally record the same thing over and over and over again due to my dogs, my phone, my child, various things in the background. And because today's episode, I really just want to give you raw and real emotion. I am not planning on recording these, re-recording once I start talking. So um, you may hear some background noise, and I hope that just gives you a more authentic feel to this. Um, The other thing I need to apologize for is that there may be a little bit of that ugly cry voice going on in this episode. I am a crier. I cry when I'm happy. I cry when I'm sad. I cry when I'm mad. And I cry um, at the drop of a hat. So um, I am trying to not cry, but there has already been some crying slipping in here. So I apologize about that. Today, what that noise right now is Marshall scratching the floor, in case you were wondering. Um, so basically what I'm going to be talking about today is um, I have started a new journey with a therapist um, to get, basically she specializes in one, two, three magic, and it is a discipline technique that I firmly believe in and that I think would be most beneficial to Quinn. So basically what I'm doing is I'm seeing her for a short while. I don't intend on her being a long-term thing. She doesn't intend on me seeing her long-term for her to give me some guidance on implementing one, two, three magic into our home. And I'm really, really excited about this. I, um, I really think this is going to be good for me and for Quinn and for our whole house. And so I'm, I'm very excited about it, but it is an emotional process and she's given me some homework. So, um, I, this may be a multi-part episode where um, I kind of walk you through my journey with her. Um, so this is the first, this is me speaking after my second time seeing her. The first time I saw her, I just saw her with Quinn, kind of gave her a lowdown on Quinn's situation, our current situation, and um, what I was hoping to get out of it. And um, there was really nothing in that that session to talk about, but Um, I had my first one-on-one session with her without Quinn, where we actually started digging in and dealing with things. And um, this is kind of a response to that and a prep for my next meeting. um, I'm supposed to go weekly, but it's turning out to be every like 10 days. So um, again, I apologize for the randomness. I apologize for the background noise. Um, I apologize for the tears. Um, And I hope that if you are not in the special needs world, this kind of gives you a little glimpse into my th- 
how I, my personal journey through the special needs world. And if you are in the special needs world, I hope that this episode in this little mini series I'm going to do kind of helps you feel not so alone because I know that this journey and this world is, um, it's a lonely one sometimes and I don't want you to feel alone. So here we go. I just left my, it's not even my counselor. It was originally going to be Quinn's counselor. Um, she specializes in one, two, three magic, which is a discipline technique that I wholeheartedly believe works for Quinn and that I wanted to, uh, perfect my, my skills. So, um, she has actually found a really good rad therapist in our area. So we're actually going to, um, transfer Quinn to a new therapist, but I am going to continue seeing this woman, um, to talk about one, two, three magic and parenting. And, um, I told her about the, the hot mess mama club and the premise behind it. And I was talking to her about how I feel like I maybe don't, um, maybe I don't say things they're right. No, it's, I do say things right. I think that I, I, what I mean is that I'm not going into the depth that I originally intended this, this blog and this club to be about. And, um, it brought me to tears because this is a judgment free zone or it's supposed to be. And this is my release. And so I don't know why I'm hesitant to share my real feelings And, you know, one of the questions that as my homework this week is to think about is if I gave it my all, am I really a failure? And I'm I'm trying to think about that and think, what does that mean? And how the question came about is we were talking about how Quinn starting school is when I really felt a shift in myself and I really felt more anxious, more stressed. And, you know, we were talking about the routine of, of talking about IEPs and dealing with, you know, principals and, and your child being in a special ed room and things of that nature and how the pressure of that is just so great. And, you know, I was just telling her, you know, I just feel for some reason that really weighs on me. And she was like, ask me, you know, what about that? Do you, how do you feel? Like, tell me some words that come to mind. And I told her that I, embarrassing is one of the first words that come to mind. And she asked me if I'm embarrassed about what fellow moms and my, or my friends or people around me think about me. And, and I told her that's not it. And because that's not it, because I, I, literally could care less about what people think about me. Um, I'm, I'm not embarrassed that I'm doing the right thing for my child. I'm not embarrassed that I've abdicated like crazy for my son and that I've gotten him what he needs. That does not embarrass me at all. Um, and the people that love me know that I'm doing what's best and they're not judging me in any way. So I told her that maybe embarrassing is the wrong word. I said, the the real word is probably failure. I feel 
like a failure because I have spent four years of my life dedicated to Quinn and dedicated to his treatment and his therapy and getting him better and we've done speech therapy and we've done rad therapy and we've done parent-child interaction therapy and um did I ever say speech therapy I don't know anyways we've we've done a lot and I've seen numerous doctors and we've tried so many medications and I've done all this research and I because my child is not like a typical child despite everything that I have done I feel like a failure but I don't know why because when I look at Quinn and I see how far he's come from the day that I met him to the little boy that he is now he's dramatically different and I have so much to be proud of I mean the boy I met four years ago had zero words he literally had zero words in his vocabulary and now he can talk to you about the weather he can talk to you about the human body he can tell you more about the solar system than you know he has so much to talk about and so why do I feel like a failure why do I feel like I haven't done enough I don't know the answer to that question and that is what I have to spend the next week thinking about and making myself realize that all I'm doing is judging myself and I am the biggest advocate for a judgment-free zone so how in the hell can I sit here and judge myself so harshly I don't know the other homework I have for this week is to figure out ways that I can actively reduce the stress on my plate and um, I don't know again I don't know the answer to that so I have to do a little bit of searching and figure out where I can outsource things to or things that I'm going to have to say goodbye and no to and um, figure that out as well but I am on this journey to be the best parent I can be for Quinn and to be the parent he needs me to be and um, find a discipline technique that works for him and that will help him thrive in school and at home and going forward for the rest of his life and I don't know that's that's the challenge for right now so I'll keep you updated on my homework and what I come up with and I'll let you know what I've come up with before my next appointment uh that's all I have right now Okay, that segment you just listened to, I recorded on March 21st, the, almost immediately when I left the session. I was just um, driving down, down the road in my car. I was just reflecting on the um, session that I had just been through, and um, I realized, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this be, I'm going to let this be an episode, so I just started 
rambling to my phone. And um, I'm emotional for so many reasons. Uh, Mainly, the the main three reasons that I'm emotional are, one, um, it feels good to talk to someone on the outside, someone who doesn't know me, doesn't know Quinn, doesn't know our story, um, someone on the outside that can give a, a better perspective because they're not in the thick of it. You know, it's they, she's sitting in the drone above the woods, whereas my friends and families are in the woods with me. So it's nice to get her perspective on things. And it just felt good to finally talk to someone. Um, the next reason it's emotional is because I'm having to admit things and feelings that I had tried to ignore or suppress for so long. Dogs, stop. And the other reason I'm emotional is because I kind of feel ridiculous, I guess. Like, I would, I'm just struggling as to if, if I knew someone was going through this and they came to me and they vented or talked to me, I would tell them so many pieces. I would give them so many pieces of advice, like, you're doing a great job. Look how far your child has come. How can you, you know, how could you think that you're not doing a good job? How can you be embarrassed about your child? Um, I, you know, ignore everybody else. Don't worry about what other people think. Keep focusing on your end goal. Um, I would give someone in my situation so many pieces of advice. So it's like, why can't I take my own advice? I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know why I can't take my own advice. I don't know, I guess, because giving it, giving advice is easier than taking advice. And it's easy for an outsider to tell you what to do. Um, than it is to actually be on the inside and do, do those things. So, um, that's really the reason that there was so, that I was crying in that last little session. Um, so in the next segment, I will tell you, I'm going to go into kind of why, where I'm at now going into my next session. Okay, so I just told you that I was going to um, take this next session and kind of tell you um, where I'm at right this current moment as I go into my next session. Um, but before I do that, I kind of want to hit on a few things that I talked about earlier in this episode. Um, in that rambling in my car segment, I talked about feeling like a failure and I talked about being embarrassed. And um, I kind of wanted to hit on that a little bit more. I feel like, okay, so I am not embarrassed that my child is in special education. I am not embarrassed that um, my child needs more. I am actually quite opposite. I am proud of myself for being able to so easily, easily admit that. I am proud of myself for standing up and fighting for my child. I've fought medical professionals. I've fought a school. Um, I have done a lot of fighting for my child and I am not embarrassed about that. I am, 
I am proud to tell you that I've done those things. Um, I am not... I'm embarrassed because I guess on some crazy level, I do kind of care what people think. I shouldn't, but I do. Um, you know, my son has some, with this ADHD and RAD, when things don't go the way that Quinn intended for them to go or thought they were going to go, he tends to get upset and his stress level rises way quicker than a typical child. So when he gets in these stressful situations and things don't go the way he thought they were going to go, he tends to express himself um, with aggression, whether that's kicking or hitting um, or yelling, whatever that may be. Um, and, And they look different depending on the degree and the length of time and et cetera. But I get embarrassed when those things happen and I'm out in public. Um, now, on to that, I should say, like, this is way frequent, way infrequent. It used to be literally every time I like, walked out of my house, it was a constant battle. Um, it's not like that anymore. And, but when, Quinn has a meltdown in public or he um, acts out in public, people automatically make assumptions. They assume that my child is a spoiled brat. They assume that I don't discipline my child. They assume that I don't... um, They assume that I don't um, parent my child and good or whatever. Um, Those assumptions are what I'm embarrassed about. Um, I realize that, you know, I know what assumptions do. Assumptions, you know, what's that saying? Assumptions make an ass out of you and me. Um, I get all that. And I know that I should not care what a stranger in Target thinks about me. And I don't on the surface. But deep, deep down, I do. And deep, deep down, I hate that I have to be embarrassed because people are judgmental. And I hate that I have to feel embarrassment because people are closed-minded or um, don't know. Um, My child looks older than he is. My child is about the size of a nine-year-old. And, um, he's only seven. He has the maturity level of probably a five-year-old. So when you combine these things, people assume he's nine, he's actually seven, but he's acting five. So you have to think that from an outsider's perspective, when my child is kicking the buggy in target, because I won't let him get a certain, some, you know, a certain toy, they think see this, they think they're seeing a nine-year-old child having a tantrum and they think that I need to just, you know, whip him up and be done with it. Um, but it's not, he's not a nine-year-old child. He's a seven-year-old child. And to that, he's a seven-year-old child with a five-year-old maturity level. And 
those kind of things make me embarrassed for some reason. I am not embarrassed that my child is in special education. I am not embarrassed that my child is on medication. I am not embarrassed that my child um, has a special needs diagnosis. I, I am not embarrassed about any of that. In fact, it's the exact opposite. I am proud that my child has a diagnosis because that means that I fought really hard for my child to get tested and to go to doctors and do assessments and find out what is causing these issues. I am not embarrassed that my child is on medication. I'm, I'm proud that my child is on medication because again, it means that I have had some tough conversations with doctors. It means that I have not just taken this as, oh, it's a discipline problem or, you know, just sat back and just dealt with it that way. I am not embarrassed that my child is in a special education class sometimes during the day um, because that means that I have fought for my child. I have gone and sat with people at his school, principals, teachers, um, people from the school board, etc., and had really hard conversations with them. And it means that I have taken an active role and making sure that he is successful in school. So those, I, I am not embarrassed about those things. I, I need to, I need to say that. Um, the embarrassment lies with outsiders. Um, and I don't, I hate that I'm, I hate that I feel that way because I am the first one to preach judgment-free zone. And I am the first one to, to tell someone don't worry about what others think. And like I said, on a surface level, I don't. And when it comes to myself personally, I don't care what other people think. But for whatever reason, when my child is involved, I feel this sense of embarrassment sometimes. And it sucks. It just flat sucks sometimes. Okay, so the other thing I mentioned was feeling like a failure. And when... I was talking to my therapist. Um, this was kind of one of the things we talked about the most. And this was one of the hardest things for me to admit that I felt like a failure. Um, it was really hard for me to say it out loud. In fact, she had to say it to me. She said, do you feel like a failure? Because she knew I couldn't say it. And I feel like a failure because I have spent four years of my life trying to do everything the right way, to be the perfect mom, the perfect special needs mom, to get Quinn the things he needs, to get him where he should be, and to make his life, quote, normal, and to make him, quote, normal, and because he's not there after four years, I feel like a failure. You know, I've had him longer than his birth parents have had him. So why, if I've had him four years and they only had him for two, almost three years, you know, shouldn't he be better now? Should, haven't I done better than they did? Um, 
I, those are just kind of things that run through my mind, you know. Um, part of the problem is that I am like an uber perfectionist. I'm a perfectionist to a fault. And if one thing is not perfect, I feel like a failure. Um, this goes in every aspect of my life. Down, unfortunately, it trickles down to my child, too. Um, my house. Um, literally, there's a pile of clothes that need to be hung up in my closet sitting on my desk right in front of me. I'm literally looking past my computer screen at a pile of clothing. And um, I should just get off my lazy ass and hang them up. But I've put off excuses and excuses. And because this pile is sitting here, I feel like I'm not a good wife. I'm not a good mom. Because a good wife and a good perfect mom wouldn't have clothes laid about. They wouldn't have dirty homes. They wouldn't have dishes in the sink. A good wife, a perfect wife, a perfect mom cooks dinner for their family every night. And I can tell you all these things on if someone said them back to me, I would laugh. I would laugh in their face because no one, you know, I don't know why I feel I take it very personal when things are not perfect. I feel like they're my fault. So because I've spent four years working so hard to get to this, I don't even know, I don't even know what I would consider perfection. That's like how unachievable it is, is that I can't even tell you what perfection looks like when in regards to Quinn um, or my version of perfection, I should say. I can't tell you what my version of perfection looks like. That is how unattainable it is for me. And as I sit here and say all this to you, I recognize how stupid that sounds. If I can't tell you what I would deem successful and not a failure, how in the world can I sit here and tell you that I feel like a failure? And I don't know the answer to that. And I don't, I know that it sounds stupid to say that I don't feel like I am that I feel like it's a failure. I'm a failure as a wife and a mom if my house is um, unkempt or if there's a pile of clothes sitting here, if there's dishes in the sink. I don't know. I know that that sounds stupid and ridiculous because dishes in the sink does not make or break me as a mom or a wife, logically. But for whatever reason, the way I process things, that's just the reality. And that's really, really hard. And it is something I have to work on and, and let go of this idea of perfection and to figure out why I feel like a failure. That was one of the homework assignments. If I've done everything I can, why, how is that, a fa how is that failing? And here we are 10 days later and I can't tell you the answer to that question yet. Um, now I should tell you, or I want to throw out the disclaimer that I do not think 
Quinn is a failure at, at all. The little boy that I met four years ago had no words. And now he can talk about the human body, the solar system, anything and everything. He's, he can tell jokes that are actually funny. I mean, he could talk all the time. The little boy I met four years ago was nowhere near being potty trained. Now he wipes his own ass. Um, you know, the, the little boy that I met couldn't hold a fork or a spoon and ate with his hands. Now that little, that same little boy can hold a fork, a spoon, whatever. That little boy I met four years ago did not even know how to drink out of a straw. Now that child can't drink anything without a straw. Um, he has come so far in every aspect of his life, um, including his maturity, including his behavior. Um, he's not a failure. He has probably far exceeded anyone's expectations of what they thought his life would look like right now. He is, I am so proud of him. And I think that if his birth mom was sitting right here, she would also be really, really, really proud of him. So he is not a failure. In no way, shape, form, or fashion do I think that he is a failure. I take on that feeling of failure. I place it all within myself. And... I don't know why. I don't I don't know why and I, and I hope that I can learn to let that go a little bit. I'm I hope that I can find a positive voice inside my head and crank the volume up on it to drown out the negative voice in my head. Um I don't know. I'm, ho I'm, I'm hoping, I'm very hopeful that this feeling of failure within myself will go away soon. Very, very soon. Okay, so I have another session coming up on Thursday. Um, I'm actually recording this on Monday the 1st. Um, you probably, you guys won't hear this until Wednesday. But, um, where I'm at right now after my last session and um, where how far I got on my homework. So one of my homework assignments was to see where I could take off stress of myself. You know, she had me kind of draw out a plate and put everything on the plate that I tackle. Um, from the house, you know, the mom and wife duties to my daytime place of employment to carpool with Quinn to um, my husband working out of town to this blog and podcast to um, I help my dad out at his shop sometimes um, all these different things and she just kind of told me you know I can't help 
you know, you're not going to be able to parent the way you want to parent until you're not stressed. You have to be able to relax to be able to parent the way you want to parent. And she's right because my stress trickles over into my frustration and then Unfortunately, I let it carry out in my discipline, which is ineffective because typically it's a yell. Um, I just let it just boils over and I'm just a yeller sometimes. And I hate that about myself and I don't want to be that way. I don't want like I like I don't I, I threaten, you know, hey, I'm going to take your iPad away. But then. I, I don't most of the time. Sometimes I do, um, but I don't always stick with it, and I hate that about myself. No, that's what I want to change. Um, you know, with the one, two, three magic, you know, this is this is what I said I'm going to do, and this is what I'm going to do, and that's what I want to stick to because I'm terrible about that right now. You know, whatever I threaten, he knows nine times out of ten I'm not even going to hold up what I just said. Um, so... Anyway, so she asked me to take some things off, you know, what things could I take off my plate and um, to start trying to eliminate those things. So um, I kind of talked to, to Jimmy about that, and um, we did hire someone to come in and help us clean our house every other week, um, and she actually did come last week, so that was nice. My house, you know, it's nice to get some of that taken off of my plate. Um... um has it totally taken that piece of stress off of me? No, because I feel like a failure. We just talked about that. That I can't even keep my house clean and that I have to have somebody else help me. Um, I mean, this is my mess. This is my family. I feel kind of like a failure because I can't keep up. But anyways, I did... I did do do that as she recommended. And um, we're going to give that a try and see what that does for me. Um, I did tell her that I will not take any of this podcast blog stuff off of my plate because, uh, sorry, the dogs, stop, please stop. Because this is my release and um, this is my baby and um I, this is, this is the thing that is mine and I am very serious about this. And in fact, if I did anything, instead of taking this off my plate, I would push harder for this to become bigger than it is now. So, um, really the only thing I did to eliminate the stress on myself was to, um, hire someone. Um, I also did promise her that I would keep up with my saying no, more often I've been working really hard on that and I did promise to keep up my end of the bargain on that and I'm doing the best I can on that. And I am really trying spending, not beating myself up so much, really trying to talk positivity within myself. So I, th I think I did my homework um, or that portion of my homework. The other piece of homework she gave me is to um, talk about why, if I gave it everything I have, why, how is that a failure? And um, 
that one is really where I'm struggling at because when I'm not in a Debbie Downer mood, I can tell you that's ridiculous and I'm not a failure and that's so silly to think that. But then I get in these other head spaces and I'm just having a rough day and I'm just like, no, back, back to that same feeling. So I haven't really made much progress on that front. Um, which sucks. So I'm not really happy to report that back to her. Um, but at least I'm giving it an honest effort and I feel like in ten, a 10 day span, that's all she can ask for. And I'm going to consider that a win. So I'm excited about my meeting or my appointment with her on Thursday to kind of see where we go next, what we kind of talk to talk about next. Um, I'm going to probably keep up this little mini series going about um, how this journey is going. I may probably not record about every single session, but maybe just the highlights or if I make any major breakthroughs or anything like that. And then I'll probably do like a, when I'm all done with this whole thing, which should take about six sessions. So um, hopefully at the end of it, I can give you like a final recap and let you know kind of how it's going and what I've learned and, and all of that. So um, if you've listened to this like crazy rambling post or episode through the whole thing, thank you. Thank you for listening and um, hearing me and letting me have a safe place to vent and dump my thoughts. And um, if you need a listening ear for anything, I am always here for you. And um, you can use that contact form on the website. I'll have the link in the description. You can use that form, reach out, and I will call you, email you, text you, whatever you want, um, and be a sounding board for you. So I hope that you all are ha are having a great week and that you are excited about a new month and that we're finally getting into spring and getting some nice weather. We can go out and enjoy sunshine and and have pretty days. So I hope that um, you have enjoyed this episode and are going to stay tuned for the rest of this series with me. Uh, have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening to today's chit chat. We'll be back with a new mess to discuss next week. Until then, head over to hotmessmamaclub.com to submit your hot mess stories, become an official member of the club, or connect with other hot mess mamas. As always, stick with kindness. Thank you.